throw for Beatty. Maguire. Oh, he's Jim Cashin with offside. And Sean Maguire is the hero of the day and the hero of the run that brought them to the Aviva. And good evening and you're welcome to Offside, your weekly soccer programme here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Thanks as always to Morris O'Connor for Kilkenny today. Um, Morris will be back again on Friday evening between 5 and 6 o'clock. I'm joined in the studio by my usual two partners in crime. Bear Scott, how are you? I'm good, Jim, thank God. We have a hectic 55 minutes or so ahead of us. Oh yeah, yeah. as usual. Liam Kelly O'Rourke. <laughs> How are you? Good evening, Jim. I've been better. Ah, yes. Liverpool fans were so near and yet so far. You're so near and yet so far. But you look at, we'll have a good look back at that. The extraordinary action. going to pull a sickie. <laughs> the extraordinary action from the Premier Division stuff in the third part of the programme. And uh, if you have any contributions you'd like to make, the taxback.com text line 86 353 Any other gutted Liverpool fans or any ecstatic Leeds United fans. I know there's plenty of you out there. And it was a, it was a, great, uh, a great day for Leeds United at the weekend too. But as always... We'll start with the local stuff. Um, it's all about quality rather than quantity. Now we're coming right at the end of the season. The weekend just gone. Look, we'll give pride a place to St. Canis's. The, the, ban- uh, the bandwagon just continues to roll on. Yeah, brilliant. Great win. Raced into a 2-0 lead. Uh, this, the Dublin boys pulled one back, but they got the, they got the winner to 3-1. Brilliant, brilliant win for St. Canis's. They're now in the Leinster Junior Plate Final. Um, don't know who they're playing yet. No. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's they, a bit they of a... They won't worry about it. There's a bit it, of a like. conundrum. Conundrum <laughs> and, the, and the other half of the draw. Lines of Doro are still, are still, are still there, among yeah. that conundrum yeah. in the other half of the draw. But fair play to Canis's. Brilliant, brilliant win for them. Fair play to New Park B. Great win for them. Finished the season with a bit of t- uh, silverware. They beat Tullerone 2-1 in the in the Divisional Cup Final, Division 3 Cup Final. Tullerone, of course, who were the league champions, had won the league. So great, great win for New Park. I think Henry O'Neill might have been among the goals there. Um Hard to believe that Henry is playing down in the third division in the Kilkenny District League, but fair play to him. Great win for for New Park. Also great win for Lions. The four minutes, the aforementioned Lions, um, they they won the playoff against River Rangers for the second promotion Pledge, spot yeah. out of Division Two. Won it comfortably four nil. I was surprised that the game was won that comfortably, but they did. Um, great win for them. So they go up as runners up. So St. Canis's and Lions will both take part in the in the first division of the Kilkenny District League next season. In the division. In the Division One, uh, Division Two Cup, uh, Castle Warren got the better of Freshford Town, so Castle Warren are in the fine Division Two Cup final, and they will await the winners of St Canis's and, Th- and Thomas Town B. St Canis's and Thomas Town B played this Saturday at twelve o'clock in Thomas Town. You'd imagine, you know, you'd imagine Canis's on the roll that they're on yeah. will probably will probably get the job done there and meet Castle Warren in the Division Three or the Division Two Cup final, and uh, in the St Canis's. Uh, Credit Union in the Mock Lawler Cup. I think Thomastown are already in the final. We'll be talking to Paul Dempsey in a couple of minutes, of course, because they have a big, big occasion coming up this weekend. And in the Division 1 Divisional Cup, that uh, two semi-finals were decided last weekend. Ourselves, Fort Rangers, got the better of Callan in a in a, a tough battle, 2-0. So we're in the Divisional Cup. It's been a long, long time since we were in a Divisional Cup <laughs> final. Where, of course, we have the, the League 1, so we're going to be trying to win the double. Nah. Uh, Tullerone didn't manage to double in the Division 3 Canis's probably might get a chance as a Division 2 we have a crack at it we'll be playing Booters B in the final this Saturday evening 5 o'clock they overcame Ormond Villa 
um, in a penalty shootout last weekend. Uh, Thomas Town B and ourselves have been very like they're the only team in the league bear that we didn't beat this season. We actually drew the two games against them, and we actually had to come from behind on both occasions. Oh, they're a, they're a really good. They have a lot of them good young under 19s on it, so we're mm. under no illusions. Five o'clock Saturday evening in Derby must sets the Division <laughs> One Cup final. I'm not even going to make an attempt at uh, at a prediction in that. But of course, this Sunday there's only one there's only one game. The big the biggest day in football in Kilkenny Bear, of course, and you were involved in a few. I was involved in a few of them myself. Is the McCallum Cup final three o'clock this Sunday in Derdimus Thomastown A against Evergreen A. Paul Dempsey from Thomastown joins us on the line. How are you, Paul? Hi, Jim. Not too bad, thanks. You're looking forward to you're looking forward to Sunday. Um, you know the McCallum Cup. You know, Paul, you've been involved in soccer. You know, a long time. Played with Thomastown for years, and the McCallum Cup is is a massive competition in in, in Kilkenny football. It is, Jim. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a it's a real special day, really, for any clubs that are in it. You know, um, we're lucky enough. We as a past player, we would have played in three of them, like, um, and a really good occasion. Like, you know, they're as I said earlier, they're a special occasion that every club really wants to be part of on the day. Um, look, we're lucky on Sunday that we're there again. Um, I'll be look. We're going in with a a very young team this season. I suppose we introduced a lot of young lads at the start of the season. You know, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years of age. So to be even in at this stage of the season in the McCallum Cup final is, you know, it's a massive achievement for them. In fairness to them, you know, and they've done really well up to now. But obviously, we're going in there. We're not going in there just to make up the numbers either. We know the challenge that lies ahead. You know, against Erigan, they're a top team. You know, with a serious squad of players. But like I said, we're not going in there to make up the numbers either. Absolutely. And the season, look at the season, right? The league campaign probably, you know, didn't go according to plan. But that can be explained by the fact that you've introduced so many young players into it. And it's very hard to get a level of consistency with young lads. They need a year or two to get up to the pace. But in cup competitions, um, Paul, it's been a great season. You know, you had a good, you know, you had a good run in the Leinster Junior Cup, bowed out against Kilbarrick, who, of course, are now in the, you know, have, you know, will be in the final of that competition. So, you know, you got to the Marshall final and, you know... You know, went to into a two 0 lead against Booters and 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 got caught in the end. But you know, you're also in the Mock Lawler Premier Division Cup final as well, awaiting the winners of Bridge United and Evergreen. So, cup cup football has been very kind to you this season. It has, Jim. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like as you said, there, like we're involved in all the cups. You know, we're in the finals, obviously, of all of them, like we're the McCallum Mountain Sunday, and then in the following Sunday we have the Premier Division Cup as well. Um, look, the league as well. Recently, we finished third in the league with such a young squad. You know, it's brilliant. Like we're delighted with really to be honest with you, with the league. Like you said, you have to be consistent in that. Like, but with such a young squad uh, to finish third, I thought it was uh, you know it was brilliant. Like in the first season, a lot of their those lads, you know, we throw them in, throw them in at the deep end there, and uh, they've done brilliant. Like, but the cup, like like you said, like the cup are one-off games. You know, you just don't know what's going to happen on any given day. You know, there's no easy game, and as, as we saw in the semi-final with ourselves in the quarter-final, you know, against yourselves the fourth Rangers and that. You know, anything can happen. You know, it's it's a one-off, it's a free shot for everyone, really. You know, and the cup, I suppose, the cup brings out something different in teams too. You know, it's you know, as you, the game doesn't have to be won in ninety minutes, so maybe teams are a bit more cautious or whatever. Like, but no, definitely, like you know, they're they're definitely special occasions, and we're delighted to be there on Sunday. And you know, over the last few years, you've you've you know, you've lost a lot of a lot of good. Big players for you, you know, the likes of Andy Kavanagh, the likes of Neil at the back, who we had with the Oscar trainer, his second name escapes me now. Um, no, Mary, yeah. Oh, yeah, you need Omar. You know, obviously, Desi retired eventually, you know. So, yeah. you've had some big, big boots to fill out there in the last couple of years. And, and you know, credit to the fact that you have such a good school by system there that you have these young players coming through. I, I mean, the huge, huge work goes on in the background, like with the, both school boys and, you know, the girls as well. Like, there's massive. Um, Massive amount of people involved there that put in huge effort there two and three times a week, you know. So 
And I suppose we're benefited from to a certain degree too with the young lads there coming through this season. You know, myself and Tom Buckley there, my able assistant. Um, you know, we would have worked with some underage, so we kind of knew what we were, were were bringing up too. Like you know, and in fairness to them, they've done they've done brilliant. Like you know, but there's huge work goes on here in the club in the back room between all the committees, and you know, it's yeah, it's massive. It's, it's you know, it's that's why it's a great day for you. It's not just the the players and the management on Sunday it's for the whole club really in the parish you know it's uh, great, great great, to be there and I know the league will be delighted to have Thomastown there because when Thomastown come that means the crowd come and isn't it great Paul that the town of Thomastown always gets behind the soccer team whenever they're whenever they're going well and I'd imagine that all roads will lead in from Thomastown into Derdimus on, on, on Sunday and you'll have a great crowd following you won't you? Uh, yeah definitely yeah look we've, we've, brilliant you know the sport they really get in behind us all the time here you know every year and then even more so this year you know and you know, down through the years too, and you know the games against like Shamrock Rovers and cup finals, and that you know the brilliant. Yeah, and look, it just gets everyone involved. It's great for everyone. Like, it's a bit of exciting around the place, I suppose. And you know, especially at the end of the season, it's such a long season. Uh, it's great for everyone just to you know to have to be looking forward to it there on Sunday. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah, and uh, look at it. You know, the club out there. Paul, since you started playing and you were with, as a schoolboy, the cl- the progression that the club is showing out there is unbelievable. Brilliant, brilliant facilities and growing all the time. And uh, you know, it must be a really good time to be to be involved with Thomas Town United. It is, yeah. Look, it's it's my first season in the, in you know in managing the team. Like, and I suppose I went straight in at the, the deep end, as I say, but really enjoying it. Like, but yeah, like you say, when you come up, you know, we're never short for anything. Like footballs, bibs, jerseys. You know the pitches always immaculate up there. Everything like you know, and it's not we. It's not just compliments come from us. You know, visiting teams from you know Kilkenny and all over the country are saying the same. Like you know, but like as I said earlier, like huge amount of work goes into that between different committees here in the club. But I wouldn't even start to name people because I'd, I'd leave someone out. But yeah, massive, massive involvement from everyone in the club really that has you know top class facilities up here. And uh, getting back to Sunday, are you at, you know, have you everybody are you at full strength? Are you, you know, all going well? Because look at you, you've you mentioned earlier that about the strength of the squad that Evergreen have. You know, the one thing you don't want to be is going in, you know, three or four lads shy because you know you're going to need them all on Sunday, aren't you? Oh, we are, yeah, definitely, yeah. Look, as I said, I suppose we are, yeah. Look, we're, we're good that way, you know, odd niggle here and there, but you'd expect that at this stage of the season. But look, we're going in there with a the full squad and. Look, as I said earlier, it's not going to be easy. It, it is a small squad, a young squad that we're, we're kind of pulling from this season, but like we're not making any excuses whatsoever. You know, We're delighted with the progress the lads have made, but you know, the, the young lads, as I said earlier, and the experience that they've been brilliant there as well. And uh, you know, we're definitely going to go in there and give it a rattle and see what happens on Sunday anyway. Yeah, listen, and fair play to you. And look, it has been, you know, it has been a great season. You know, the Cups in particular has been, has been, uh, have been great to you. And uh, it would be nice to sign it off with a bit, with a bit of silverware. You, you were unlucky that Pooters caught you in the, in the Marshfield Finals. But you have two opportunities over the next two weekends. And uh, I'm sure you'll give it your best shot. The best of luck on Sunday. It would be great to manage the team to win a McCallum Cup in your first season as manager, Paul. That would be a fair achievement. I'm sure you'd, I'm sure you'd gladly take that. And uh, and uh, the best of luck and uh, thanks for taking the call and no. we'll uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. No bother. Thanks very much, Jim. Thank no you. Bother. Thanks, care. Paul. Fair play. Yeah, Bear McCallum Cup final. I was involved in three of them in my time. One as a player and two of them as a manager, and I lost the three of them. I suppose you were involved in a good few of them yourself. I, I lost most of them as well. I won one, well, and the one I won, I was manager. I, I was player manager, but I didn't play in the final. But I just wanted to mention that you know when I started going to the soccer matches in Kilkenny back in the fifties, the McCallum Cup then, even then, was a special day in the season. 
everybody wanted to be in the McCallum and there weren't that many teams back in the early 50s and that there was actually some outside teams allowed to play in it yeah. but it's wonderful and listening to Paul there everything is so positive about Thomastown you mentioned that he had a, a young team you know a lot of young lads no matter what happens on Sunday they have the future to look forward to yeah. they might surprise Evergreen they might win it if they're in it they can win it yeah, yeah. Uh, as can any under 20 hurlers <laughs> but anyway the thing about it is I'd like to wish them the best of luck because they're a great crowd out there yeah and, and they've, you know they're a really good club progressive club and, and wonderful say, club and they'll come in their droves on on, oh, on, 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 on on Sunday afternoon ok well we better take our first break when we come back we'll be joined on the line by the man that's going to be on the the other the other dugout uh, in the evergreen dugout Gary Marr will join us after this break the team at TRP Kilkenny are delighted to team up with Kilkenny's number one soccer programme, Offside Soccer, only on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Oh, he's done it! Jim Cashin with Offside. Sean McGuire gets the goal! And you're welcome back to part two of Offside, your weekly soccer programme here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Just to give out our taxback.com text line again, 086 353 if you have any contributions you'd like to make. To the programme, of course, taxback.com is a clune tech company. Well, before the break, we spoke with Paul Dempsey, the Thomastown United manager. In the opposing dugout for the McCallum Cup final this Sunday is Gary Marr. That's a dugout that you're very used to being in in recent years in McCallum Cup finals, Gary. How are you? <laughs> you can never get too used to it, Jim. Yeah. Not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at your back again, Gary. Um, you know, this is a, a, a you know, how many, how many is this even in your time? You know, I know you bet us a few years ago, but you're, you're, you seem to be there every year. Yeah, this is four in a row. Thankfully, Jim, not to put the put yeah. things on the edge. This has been it's been been good for us over the last couple of years. Yeah, and, and look. It just seems to be the case. So this year we didn't we didn't get the easy route, I suppose, to the final this year. You know, we had to go back our first round where we played New Park, where we had Premier Division opposition and all the other rounds, like teams that were going really well in the season, like the Bridge United team, Celtic and, and Freebooters. So we didn't get the easy route, I suppose, to the final but against all nearly all Premier Division opposition. So we're happy to be we're happy to be there again this year. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, listen, um, you know, I was saying to Paul Dempsey, but you know, in the first part, like, you know, it's it's a it's a big day out. Look at we, you know, we 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 got to a couple of them in the last twelve or thirteen years, and we fell to Evergreen on both. The, but it's a massive occasion for the club, and I suppose Gary it doesn't matter how often you're in it. Every year is different. Every game is a different game. You approach it differently, but it's still massive. The boys are, you know, the boys are going to love it, no matter how many times they've been involved in them. They're going to really enjoy the day. Oh yeah, look, Mary, play soccer for a year. You'd be heartbroken if you weren't involved this Sunday. You know, you really want to be there. You're out here to show piece of the, the league. I know, like you'd always say, the league is the one you want every year. But with the McCallum Cup, there's something about, there's something special about. From even my own, from my own perspective, growing up young, your your father bringing you out the cup finals and watching it, and you, you have to the truck on the, on the side of the pitch for the presentations and national anthem just, just a small little things you know to make it really a really special occasion and look again we don't take these days lightly we don't take them for granted we want to be here as I said we had a tough route to get to it uh, and again like no matter how many years you get to many medals you have in your back pocket you want it every year you want to win it you try to be there every year and you have to you have to when you can get there you want to win them and try and enjoy them 
The other thing about him is too, Gary, is that oftentimes a day of a cup final can be a great leveller. You know, like I mean, I, I I use our one against you there three years ago as an example. Like we would have went in massive underdogs, and you know, with all due respect, we wouldn't have been expected to win, and we didn't win. But you know, we gave a good account of ourselves, and at one nil, you know, anything can happen in a game, and and you know, you have to look at these cup finals and take them as once-off games. And Thomastown are coming in, good young team, and on any given day, you know, capable of 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 beating it, Gar. Yeah, look, a hundred percent, Jim. Like the last two we won, like we even t- the year, like I hope you don't mind me saying this, like we, we played G in the two league matches that year, and we we were down one nil and won the match in Bucky Park, we were four one, and then we won convincingly, yeah. very convincingly on the Kells Road, and people were thinking it was only a matter of showing up, but we were to make the work really hard for that one nil win, you know. And especially hard needed some chances on the break there as well that night could have been a different story, and the same with New Park last year. New Park played our B team the week before the Visual Cup final and lost. Everyone, everyone had this assumption that everyone just show up and they win, and it wasn't the case. Like we, we got a goal again late on last year, so you're 100 percent right. Cup finals are levelers, are different games, different occasion. Uh, you may be sure Thomas on training really hard this week, working on the game plan that they'll come together with, with it, and they have real good match winners in their team, and we've seen it on numerous occasions against Thomas Town, like Rory Monks, uh, Stephen Conley, Robert Skeen, top players. Like you know, it's going. So regardless of what happens in the league fixtures or any time this is a totally different game and a one-off game they're really going to fancy it as well of course you're coming in in good form you've clinched the league you, you, you had that clinched you know with, with, with a couple of games to go Gar you know things didn't go for you in Dublin in the Leinster Junior Cup semi-final and I know you'll have been disappointed with that but overall the form of the squad and the strength of the squad has been very good in, in the last couple of months yeah, look, there's no way of hiding it. The, the, the Leinster Junior semi final was, was a massive disappointment to us. It was definitely one of the goals and targets that we had earlier in the year. And I look at it, probably, probably no way of hiding it, but it's probably the hardest defeat I've ever took in sport. Um, I found it really hard to get over. It's still not over, truth be told. But yeah, look, we're delighted. We start off every year the minimum requirement in our club is that we win the league every year. We look towards it. We we didn't, I suppose, we got the shock when we won in Thomastown. We got a phone call that uh, Freebooters after having a slip in Bridge United. So it was a, a nice welcome bonus to get it over and done with early. Uh, and look, as I said to you, the farmers are really good coming into it. We won. We had Bridge United at home in the cup. We had uh, Dean Celtic home in the cup. And we won both matches quite convincingly. Something that we were really, uh, really happy about. So yeah, the farm is good. The squad is good. We have a couple extra bodies that we probably hadn't gotten February or March. The likes of uh, Neil Andrews, Craig Wall, big players back in, back in the squad now and fit and rare to go on the, on the Sunday. Um, with regard to Sunday, um, Gary, you know. Picking a team is difficult, you know what I mean? What way do you look at it? Do you, do you, do you pick a, a team based on how they've been going over the last couple of weeks or do you just pick it for the occasion? A lot of big game players that won't be nervous, you know, for a, for a cup final, having played in so many of them. I sure, it's a bit, a bit of both, you know, a couple of lads that won't go missing or a couple, I suppose, go high and you, in cup finals that you, that you probably definitely look at. But there's definitely a, a case that we'd have to be looking at lads that are on form lads who will be buzzing last week or buzzing in training this week that we'd have to look at them and go, he's really on form or he needs to get game time, he needs to start and see where we can go but so generally we try and do them both if, if a lad is good for the big occasion you probably have to take that into consideration but generally in our base we have to look at who's on farm who's been on farm over the last couple of weeks and months and you know it comes to the end of the season sometimes lads tire sometimes they have little niggas and knocks that they can't shake off at this time of the season so you have to take that into consideration as well but we're in the lucky position I suppose that we, we played early last week we played Friday night got a win in Hydra in Premier Region Cup so we had a bit of a recovery over the weekend and we're training tonight so yeah, we're looking forward to have a full squad going into Sunday, which which brings us headaches, as you know. But look, they're all delighted to be part of. Look, we have a good squad. We know if we have to go to the bench on Sunday, we have good options to bring into hopefully whether it get us over the line or get us back into whatever the case may be on Sunday. And the weather forecast is good, and of course, Thomastown always come with a big crowd, so it it has the makings of a great occasion, Gareth. 
Yeah, definitely. Look, I watched Thomas Town earlier in the, in the Marshall final here, and they were they were unlucky against Freeburgs. They were tuning up, and I, I'm sure they probably felt that they may have left that occasion behind them. So they'll definitely come with a game plan, come with a big, massive crowd. The weather to be good. Uh, was not not much GA on. So yeah, at least uh, look, it's, it's fantastic occasion every year. You want to be involved. That's why you do soccer all year round to be involved in days like Sunday, the Calum Cup finals. Uh, we're just proud to be a part of it, and hopefully that we can get on the right side of the results on Sunday afternoon. Of course, you have an, an early opportunity this week of uh, managing a team to win the cup final where are you now Gar? I am on the sideline here in Derdemis I'm looking after the youth team here with, with, uh, we're, we're warming up here we're about to say Dean Celtic in the youth cup final here now in the next half an hour or so so yeah look it's, it's uh, again we're, we were close this year do you believe in the public ever not, not to have any youth team this year and a couple of us got together and said that can't happen and we pulled the team together and we said if we would be anywhere competitive we would be delighted we were betting a shield final. We're uh, now in a cup final, and we're, we've two games to go in the league. If we win, then we'd be league champions. So we'll take it one step at a time. <coughs> yeah, so excuse me. So we're looking forward to it tonight. So you could have this could be the this could be the, the first part of a big double for you this week. Gar. One other thing I want to hit you with before you go, and I know you're busy, and I appreciate you taking the call. I remember you talking to you two months ago, and you taught me, Jim, have a few bob on Villa from Waterford to win the FAI Junior Cup. And uh, what happened last weekend? Villa from Waterford won the FAI Junior Cup. Massive, uh, massive achievement for them, and you fancied them from a long way out there. Yeah, I watched them earlier in the year, and I actually went down to watch them then again late, on the later rounds against St. Michael's. I knew that would be the acid test for them if they could get over St. Michael's. I said, this this team is a real team. But I watched them a few times. Look, if you watch them, you think, out, not in mental, but they're so well organised, so well drilled, really coached. If a young coach on Connor Code was involved in the League of Ireland for a few years, he pulled together a really young team, and they're going to be one of the dominant forces over the next couple of years in junior soccer in Ireland. Uh, they're really strong, really well organised, and the team is at a good age. You know, they're all at a nice age in their early 20s to mid 20s, so, and they're a team that gather momentum now. But yeah, they were, they were, when I told you that, Jim, I didn't jump on it myself, and when I copped them at 32 and then went to 18s, I still didn't do it. So. Uh- Join the club, Gary. Well, if I yeah. backed them, they wouldn't have won it. They wouldn't have, t- they wouldn't have thanked me for that. I can tell you that much for that. <laughs> Listen, as always, thanks for taking the call. The best of luck tonight and the best of luck with, uh, with Sunday. And I'd say we'll talk to you over the next couple of weeks, but maybe for a round-up for the, uh, for the overall season, all right? Thanks very much, lads. Chat to you soon. Cheers. See you, Gary. Take care. He's a he's a mar- he's a martyr for it because he, he, he's, a, he's, a over, he's out there tonight now with the youth team. Yeah. And he also has the under-14 team and they're in the local Skechers Cup final or semi-final as well. So he's <laughs> Lorraine, the long-suffering Lorraine. I don't know, does she ever see him? He must spend his whole life out in the Kells Road. But <laughs> lads like that are invaluable in a club, oh, aren't they? Bar? Worth their weight in gold. Weight in gold. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll take the last break. Um, we have a lot of uh, stuff to get through. We'll give it a good run at the, uh, the league title, the relegation, the Champions League final. And of course... The news from last night, I don't know, it might have escaped a lot of people from Kilkenny, but we have a young man from the Kells Road, Gavin Houlihan, who's playing in the fifth tier of English football at the moment with Grimsby Town. And he was playing in the playoff, the, the playoff, the National League playoff away to Notts County last night. And in the 96th minute, the bowl Gavin scored the equaliser for Grimsby and they went on to win it an extra time. They move on in the in the in their in their quest to get back up into the league team in, as a league team. So fair play to, to Gavin from the Kells Road. Great achievement for the young man from Kilkenny okay we'll take a break when we come back we'll, we'll grill Liam Kelly O'Rourke on why Liverpool didn't win the league thanks time to talk soccer on community radio Kilkenny City with Offside Soccer brought to you by TRP Hebron Industrial Estate Kilkenny oh, Jim Cashin with Offside with Burr Scott and many special guests from the world of soccer 15 seconds 
and do get in touch on our taxback.com text line of 0863537782 a number of texts coming in talking about the race for the Europa League actually um, one or two giving out about Manchester United as per usual one or two others actually disappointed West Ham fans I didn't know there was too many of them locally um, meanwhile then one other text hi lads will you be picking a team of the season player of the season and etc that comes in from Richard I'm sure Richard we will do that over the next few weeks and for the four Tuesday nights in June we'll have a few different uh, things planned for for those programs and that will indeed be one of them but look at lads there's nowhere to there's nowhere else to start bear we let Liam stew for a minute you know it has been a really dramatic premier division premier league season in England and it it didn't disappoint on the last no, day it no. it was it was mad wasn't it yeah. it was mad it was. and look for a long time it looked like there was nothing really going to happen and then it all blew up in the last 20 minutes you know it was terrific in the end you know I mean Liam you know City to to be 2-0 behind you know at at home to Aston Villa with you know 20 minutes or whatever to go Liverpool won all with Wolves I think first of all lads I don't think there was ever any doubt that Liverpool were going to win the game against Wolves. It, there was an air of inevitability about it. But like for City to be tuned, Liam, as a Liverpool supporter, and all joking and sneering aside, you must have been, you know, biting the nails and 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 quietly hopeful that this miraculous uh, league champ- title win was going to happen. Um, most certainly, um, before prior to kick off and all of last week when this was being discussed in the various different group chats I'm in, I had to mute them because they were just giving us all false hope. Plenty of Manchester United fans saying, "Oh, you still have a chance. You still have a chance." Sneering is all they were doing, and uh, I just said, "I'm." Man City will beat Villa fairly comfortably. Villa have nothing to play for. Liverpool will win their game as well, and that'll be that. City will win the league. Um, coming home from Semple Stadium, then listening to the radio, and whatever about 1 0, City will peg him back. 2 0. Oh, the party had been planned. The drinks were bought. The balloons were bought. Everything was bought. And then by the time we got back to Kilkenny, it had gone 3 2. Um, Villa were trying, and even when it was three, when they were three two down in the dying minutes, Villa were still mad to get the ball up the pitch. I don't know what Steven Gerrard said to get them in the mood, because no matter how big a Liverpool legend he is and supporter he is, you can't make a, a players interested. But they looked really, really up for it. So whatever he said worked. But Manchester City just did a Manchester City on it, and Pep, Pep, even himself, I'm not sure he believed City when they were two 0 down were going to win the league. He looked so. Down in himself, he kind of slumped. He slumped into into the dugout at one stage, and he definitely the whole, looked. The whole stadium were down. Yeah, you know, when you think about it, they were fifteen minutes away from disaster because yeah. it would. There were twelve points clear at one stage, yeah. and then you know they were fifteen minutes from blowing it. Yeah, yeah, but it was cruel. It was cruel, and we were talking about it before coming on air. It would have been far easier with. You know, whatever about the joyous moment of Villa going 2 0 up, it would have been far easier for Villa just to go and get hockeyed 4 0, yeah. and it wouldn't have been nearly as painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can't do things like that. No. <laughs> Look at, you know, from a Manchester City perspective, you know, you have to give them credit. You know, yeah. credit where credit yeah. is due. The substitutions worked. Sterling came on at half time, made a big difference. Gundogan came on, of course, scored twice. I think once they got the first one back, ah, yeah, once they, once got, they got the first one, you yeah. felt that this was going to happen. But but you have to give them a, a level of credit, Bear. Ah, you do. Look, in that spell, in that 12-minute spell or whatever, they were magnificent. Now, you know, before that, <laughs> there was a lot. But when they hit it, they hit it. 
I thought, no, look, I've been a critic of him a lot during the year, but I thought myself that Fodden was brilliant during that 12-minute spell. He done some... He, he laid the ball on for, uh, what they call him, Rodri. Rodri, yeah, yeah. yeah. But apart from that, he he got the ball up and he held it around and he bet players and he he got it out to lads who made openings and also De Bruyne for the second... The, the winner yeah, for the winner yeah, yeah the third goal yeah, yeah he, that ball broke and lads kind of hesitated De Bruyne got onto it had it across the goal for I would have probably scored it myself but anyway got to go and finish it off and look I, I don't mean this in any disrespect for way Liam but justice was probably done you know well they look, probably deserved the league you know well look at they've won the league and, and but Liam we said credit to Sissy at the weekend, you know, for 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 coming back, for having the the strength of character and the strength of will to come back. Also, credit to Liverpool. I mean, at Christmas, Liam, or you know, three months ago, like th- there was no league title race, you know. So Liverpool created this league title race by going on such a magnificent run, and I think, right, ultimately they fell a point short, but I think they deserve enormous credit for for producing what they produced in the second half of the season. Yeah, I'm not entirely comfortable with giving Manchester City credit for the simple reason like all the Premier League clubs have money and financial backing but they have taken it to a whole new level so I thoroughly believe if Liverpool had won the league whatever about a quadruple it would have been a magnificent achievement I think for clubs like Manchester City it's not achievements it's relief because the, with the money they invest they have to win because it's it's like they have so much of, a, of an advantage even other, over the other big five clubs but back to the question you asked uh, Liverpool deserve huge credit I mean I can't put, like, I'll never have this problem, but I can't put myself in the shoes of a Jordan Henderson or um, or um, any of the other Liverpool players that played uh, on a day like that where you're, like, it doesn't matter how much the manager says it, you're focused on what's going on at, uh, at um, the Etihad. I mean, even Liverpool supporters, I bet you plenty of them were watching the game at the Etihad more so than Anfield because that was the game that had the huge impact on what was going to happen. So I have a feeling that had a huge uh, bearing as to why Liverpool went one down and why they weren't fully at it in the early stages. It's, it's only human nature. But as a season, Liverpool have played every possible game they could have played. They've won over at least 80% of them they've had a magnificent season they come back when Manchester City had the league won in November they came back and yes City slipped up but Liverpool had to take advantage they did and this Premier League would be an absolute joke of a league in Europe without Liverpool so thank God there's a team out there like Liverpool to push this City team because we would all be bored if there wasn't and I, I do not believe the likes of Chelsea and Spurs and United will get to the, will get to these levels they will not be back in the title race again until City and Liverpool dip slightly and that will come as well that's a reasonable point, Bear. You know, like if Liverpool, but you see, the thing about it is, if if Man City weren't there, you know, you know, the league it's, overall can be thankful for the presence of both teams because one is driving the other one on. If one of them wasn't there, the other one would be strolling away no, with it. But the will, I disagree with Liam in the sense that the will other team. I'm not saying who, but the will other teams come and and I, I went from one now Spurs. Yeah, no, but I think they will come. Oh, there's no, they no will doubt come. they'll come. Yeah. But I think when Spurs win the league, and I'm sure there'll be a day it happens, they'll win it with 70-odd, 80-odd points, the normal Premier League season, because City and Liverpool yeah. will have to recede well, from this level. Yeah, that's because City and Liverpool are so far ahead of the rest of them this year and last year. Yeah, yeah. But 
you know, it, it, it'll level out. It will level out. There's nothing sure. How long it'll take Manchester United, I don't know. But yeah, well, we'll <laughs> it will level out. We'll it, it's shocking, though, that this Liverpool team have hit this high a peak when Manchester City are in their pomp. Like, you think of Manchester United. You think of the great Chelsea team, the Invincibles with Arsenal. Yes, they had their rivals, but there was no one getting the same amount of points as they were and they had their periods of dominance Liverpool's period of dominance domestically has been taken away because they've done a very Liverpool thing and peaked when there's been another great English team <laughs> yeah, because Barrett, look at there is an argument for saying no and you and me will remember you say the Liverpool team of the of you know the late 70s into the 80s with Kenny Dalglish and so on and so forth but there is an argument for saying that this potentially is the greatest Liverpool team of yeah, all but time look look listen I won't. I won't wear that. Yeah. Okay. I won't wear it. I knew he wouldn't. Because, That's why I said listen, it. Listen, listen. I'm. I won't say what age I am. But we had a Wolverhampton team in the fifties. Great team. We had the Spurs team in the sixties. Terrific team. We had the Leeds, the wonderful Leeds team. We had Kenny Dalglish's Liverpool. Yeah. Now I mean, when Kenny get Dalglish was playing, Play, yeah. not a manager. Then we had Manchester United. You know, we had so many great teams. Arsenal, Chelsea, had, yeah. Yeah, Arsenal, the Invincibles. We, the two teams at present are the best teams that are there now. Well, I won't wear that they're the greatest teams well, ever. Well, I think they are because I think football, even 10 years ago, was a far weaker product than it is now. So... Um, I think the standard of football has risen and I think Manchester City and Liverpool have stood up to the plate and the points totals match that. I think if you throw like the Arsenal Invincibles team or Jose's Chelsea or even if you want to go back to the 70s, 80s and 90s, they were playing far inferior teams. They were great teams. True, true. But Liam, listen, all those great teams, especially the early teams, Irish, English, Scottish, Welsh. Yeah. There were no foreigners. They're international teams now because of the money. How yeah. many English players were with Liverpool? How many are with Man City? Yeah. You know, how many Irish, Scottish? Well, that is, yeah. But the, the, these lads yeah. were every bit as good. I'm telling you. Yeah, but the say all the foreign players coming into the English game because of the money. That, whatever, with the morals of it, it has made it a better product. Well, I mean, it's well, a, probably, well, yeah. The world, the world is a much smaller place yeah, now true, than it true. was, you know. But look at, you know, I, I do think that, you know, we should just embrace the fact that there's two wonderful teams I competing. Agree. With, competing I agree. The they're great. They're the know. two best teams now. And absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> We're having look. a generational round now. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just in case you're wondering, the, the younger generation is losing, Liam, just in case you're wondering. You know. Look, at that wasn't the only dramatic action that took place on the final day of the Premier League season. And look, at the bottom of the table was squeaky bum time. And, and, and look at... I genuinely felt Leeds were going to go down. I thought both of them would lose on the final day. I thought their 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 goal difference was going to kill them. I'm glad they didn't go down. And I said it here on a couple of occasions. I hope they stay up because, first of all, I know a lot of Leeds United supporters, obviously, have been the age that I am. And I think it's good for the league that they're still in it. I, I you know, And I think they deserve great credit. They've had a horrendous season, lads. Last season, they had a goal difference of something like plus eight. This season, they have a goal difference of something like minus 36 or minus 37 or something like that. They've had a horrible season defensively. They had a horrible season with injuries. They lost a lot of key men for long periods of the season. They also didn't back Bielsa, I felt, especially in January. You know, they could have 
they could definitely have added two or three players to the squad. They probably needed more players in the squad. And they went to a very difficult place last Sunday, Brentford. And, you know, for long periods, it didn't look good for them. But, you know, and then they took the lead and then Brentford equalised. And, you know, Burnley were losing. And But I think enormous credit has to go to Leeds on this occasion for getting the result. Oh, there. yeah, I agree. And like you, I'm delighted at this set up. Yeah. You know, you the, know. they're a team. Now, look. I have a bit of a soft spot for Burnley as well, Jimmy McElroy's days, but I just think Leeds would be more comfortable in the Premiership than Burnley would have been next season. We'll talk about Burnley in a sec. Liam, your synopsis on the, on the Leeds scenario. Yeah, it was a brilliant result for Leeds. I mean, I had huge, huge doubts that they could go to Brentford, who are just simply a superior team to Leeds, and get a result in a pressurised environment. But credit they did. Um, Burnley were, you know the cause of their own downfall but I agree with you I think Leeds are more equipped to go into the Premier League next season I think they have a far better calibre of player they're far better to watch and I think they've been very unlucky with injuries and ultimately injuries and their defensive record which is um, part of the BLC era and has carried on has been their problems this season if they get lads back from the injury table and they change up their philosophy and they're set up for games they should be pushing for top half of the bottom half they're not I don't think Lee. I think Leeds have a better player to be in that position they just were caught on the hop things went against them and uh, thankfully they've stayed up but but you know looking looking at next season from a Leeds point of view and obviously Jesse Marsh is there now and, and you know they're going to have to back him financially apparently I was listening to a podcast uh, walking on the other morning and apparently there's not a whole load of money there and they're going to have to generate funds now generate funds means only one thing and that's selling your best players you know Rafinha looks like he may be on his way to Barcelona you know they'll get a lot of money for him you know there's going to be a lot of interest in Calvin Phillips or Calvin Phillips obviously they're their two most marketable players and you know there's a school of thought that you know sell the two of them get in 120 130 million and pump that into into the into the development of the squad I don't know what do you think Barry? they're going to have to generate money that's what they're going to have to do and you know that's not easy and it can backfire because they could be struggling again without these players you know like Liam you know it looks like Rafinha they're going to have a big job holding on to him Barcelona are, are hovering the fact that he's he's still still a Premier League player means they'll probably get an extra few quid for him Um you know, Phillips, you know, they're all after Phillips, United. you know, United are after him, you know, Arsenal are after him, you know, Spurs, you know, maybe, you know, they might have to sell a couple of these guys to generate the funds they need to bring in another five or six players. They will, and it'll show whether they're up to the metal as a Premier League club, and I don't mean that on the field of play. Um, I think Leeds... Um, It'll be very, very interesting and it'll be very, very interesting with Burnley as well how their owners are as business people because that's what these are. These are not football discussions. These are business decisions and how well Leeds are run. If Leeds can hold on to the players they have now, I stand by the point, they're good enough to be in the Premier League and comfortably in the Premier League. If they if they start selling and they invest badly, even if they... Like a, a, a big criticism thrown at Leeds is they haven't invested. They haven't invested in players. But they could very well go out and buy five or six players and they could be pure disasters. So we're going to need that mix of football intelligence and business intelligence. And let me tell you, you can't take that for a given. Well, the only thing I would say, I would say about it is that the San Francisco 49ers own a big percentage of Leeds United. And if they buy another few percent and get them as the majority uh, as the owner of the club I think that would be good for Leeds there'd be a lot of investment coming from there but um, interesting times there the one thing I'll say about Burnley lads is I think Burnley you could see another 
you know, Sunderland, Nottingham Forest, Sheffield Wednesday scenario here. Because apparently, again, I was listening to something on, on, on a podcast. And apparently, they're in a very, very poor um, place financially. This relegation is really, really going to hit them hard. hard yeah. They have a 65 million loan that has to be repaid at the end of the season. Obviously, they're going out of the Premier League. All the sky money that goes with being in the Premier League is gone. And I have a feeling that don't be surprised if Burnley struggle in the Championship mm. next season. But Jim, that's uh, we say they, bur- they we say they and we associate it with Burnley. It's really these new owners that have come in, yeah. and all of a sudden their debt is Burnley's debt, and you know that's wrong on so many levels. But this new ownership, like we see the scenes in Newcastle with their new ownership. We won't get into the, into the human rights errors, but from a footballing point of view, those fans are excited because they know they want to invest in football and players and they have plenty of money to do so. With these owners, it could be another version of the Glazers at Manchester United in the sense that they have no interest in Burnley Football Club. They would happily turn it into apartments if, if they were let. It's just another business for them to deal with their debts and their own financial woes. But they could drop like a stone, couldn't they? I wouldn't be surprised if... I wouldn't be surprised if Burnley were back in League One in a couple of years' time, and I, I hope that doesn't happen. Well, I hope it doesn't happen, but it could happen. It could happen. Okay, Spurs, you know, predictably enough on the last day of the season, tonked Norwich, Arsenal tonked, you know, uh, an Everton side that, you know, had done their business three or four days previous. Um, massive result for Spurs in the context of keeping Antonio Conte, yeah, isn't it? They have Because, fight, you know, yeah. Paris Saint-Germain are sniffing around him. And uh, in fairness to Conte, you know, he's done a really good job oh, there with Spurs. Job, and and yeah. and. and could you know they they will challenge they for top four again next year? Yeah, yeah. They could I think that's why I mentioned them there at Spurs. But I think if Conte stays there, yeah, things will get better. I think it was interesting when he was asked. You know, he's a he he he's a very good man at playing mind games with owners of clubs, <laughs> and he didn't actually st- you know come out and say when the opportunity was there. I will definitely be there next season. I think that's where he's that's his way of telling Daniel yeah. Levy that uh, you need if to you invest want, a few uh, bob, but uh, <laughs> but but um, you know he 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 has proven himself again to be a top manager. Oh, he is. I'm surprised he lasted the season. I was convinced back in January, February time, when they were losing away to Burnley, that that was that. But look, Antonio Conte is a top-class manager. He doesn't stay at clubs for very, very long. That's either because the relationship breaks down or he loses interest. That will ultimately be the end of him at Spurs. It's just a question of when. Spurs need to take advantage now in the next season or two. Invest the money. They have the money. Do what the manager wants. The guy who knows what he's talking about. Daniel Levy is a shrewd businessman, but he's not a but he's not a football man. So do what Antonio Conte wants and he'd give Spurs all the chance of at least winning a few cups and maybe going on a run in Europe because he won't be there in two, in three or four seasons' time. So if Spurs don't take this chance, they'll never take it. They have to back him now. They, they, this is the best quality manager that Spurs yeah, are going to get. A couple of players that he has brought in have been great oh, success. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Don't be surprised, you know... Gareth Bale maybe end up back there well, I think it's more likely that Christian Eriksen might end up back there yeah. I, I'm not so sure the circus that surrounds Gareth well, they Bale they want Gareth Bale yeah, yeah no, I but, don't but, think no but they take Eriksen though yeah. okay listen I suppose we can't you know United scraped into the Europa <laughs> well, League can oh, I read you a text oh, before we get into it yeah, yeah. Uh, right a couple of texts have come in we'll get to them a bit later but this text based on Manchester United as a Manchester United fan can Jim honestly explain how United managed to finish on a Europa League spot considering their dire situation and how will the management team work for next season does he give them any hope will he be a Louis van Gaal mark 2 yeah look at you know if I had a crystal ball but um, you know it was a disastrous season for Manchester United the first time in 30 something years that they finished the league campaign not with a 
positive goal difference. They actually finished with a zero goal difference. Um, we've been highlighting here every Tuesday night the deficiencies. We won't go into them again. Everybody knows what they are. Um, Eric Ten Hag has a massive, massive job of work on his hands. Um, I think half you know, there's going to be a huge clear out. There's going to be a lot of players out, a lot of players in. You know, the fact that they haven't got Champions League football to offer is definitely not going to help. No. It means they'll end up paying extra wages or extra, you know, to get players to come in. Um, you know, I think next season, you know, the very, very best United can hope for is maybe maybe be contending for that fourth spot. You know, realistically, you know, they're not in the Champions League, they're in the Europa League. Um, there's going to be a massive, massive, um, as I said, turnout, turnover in players. And, you know, and it needs it because, you know, they've been horrendous. And a cup run as well. I think Manchester yeah. United need the, the taste of trophies again. Yeah. And it's, you know, they need to slowly but surely get closer and closer to the likes of Manchester City and Liverpool. Yeah, It'll take a long time. Will, yeah. But Champions League qualification well, that and will a be, cup. Yeah, fourth, fourth spot and maybe have a run yeah, in yeah, one of the cups. That, but but realistic, realistically, from a Manchester United supporter's point of view, anybody that thinks like Eric Ten Hag is going to come in and wave a magic wand and all of a sudden we're going to be back contending for Premier League uh, titles, we're five seasons away from contending for a Premier League title, I think, at this stage. But I think, look at he's coming in. They all talk about these projects. I hate to hear it these words, projects, and all these sound bites that they all come out with, but he's coming in, they've got to back him, they've got to do what they didn't do with the likes of David Moyes, you know, you can't sack him at the first sign of of, of, a, of a bit of a problem, they're going to have to give the man, you know, three seasons to try and show, like you remember, Jurgen Klopp came, what, seventh or eighth or something like that in his first season as Liverpool manager, you know, so you've got to, you've, you've pinpointed him as the man that they wanted, they've headhunted him, they've gone and got him, they've got to back him now. I hope he enjoys his holiday. Yeah, yeah, because he's going to be a man under serious pressure, Bear. It's going to be an interesting summer. It's going to be an interesting mm-hmm. summer. Um, you know, d- d- just one other point from the weekend, lads. You know, Newcastle, you know, they finished the season in unbelievable form. You know, credit to Eddie Howe, you know, in the second half of the season, you know, you have to say he's he's up there with in manager of the year contention with the with Klopp and Guardiola. But he's going to be under enormous pressure next year because when they start spending the money, yeah. them boys are going to be, he's yeah. going to be under pressure, Eddie Howe, isn't he? Yeah, but look, I think they were in the top five teams post-Christmas in the league standing. Yeah. So, I mean, I know... There was a lot of money spent even in January. But you have to be able to invest the money properly. And he he didn't buy glamour players. He bought players from around about the bottom half of the Premier League and in the Championship. And all the signings, I think, have worked. So he's got the blend of the players he had and the new players he brought in. And uh, it's worked really, really well. I, I still think, though, he's another Mark Hughes. When Man, when, um, Man City invested all that money, Mark Hughes was their first manager. And he did an okay job, but he was only the first part of a yeah. far bigger he wa- project. And he wasn't sexy enough ultimately no. for him. And Eddie Howe could fall into the same trap. So. Lads, Saturday night Champions League final. I f- said all along, I fancied Liverpool strongly to beat Real Madrid. The closer I'm getting to it, I'm, 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 I'm not saying I still don't think Liverpool will win, but I think they haven't played well in the last few weeks. Real Madrid have been, you know, preparing for this for the last three weeks. And Liverpool need to be very, very careful on Wednesday night, Barry, because I think Real Madrid are going to give him a right battle. Yeah, look, I, I, Mr. Thiago is a doubtful starter, seemingly. I feel that he's a vital man with Liverpool, especially in a game like the Champions League final, where they're going to need, they're going to be fighting Modric and these guys in the middle of the park. And I think they need Thiago. I just wouldn't like to see him not playing. Yeah, Liam, you know, like Liverpool haven't played well in the last few weeks. Like they've learned how to dig out results when they're not playing well, which is a sign of all, what all great teams do. But are you a little bit nervous about Saturday night? I am in the sense that 
I feel Liverpool as a support base and as a club in general are a bit complacent going into this Champions League final. I think the discussion has been, okay, we want the quadruple, but we've won the FA Cup, we've won the league, and sure, we'll win the Champions League with Real Madrid in the final. That's been the attitude I've come across, and the league was the kind of hit and hope. The league is gone. I don't think the Champions League is a foregone conclusion, and I worry, and I'm guilty of this myself, that we've taken this Real Madrid team for granted, you know, as is the case in this part of the world when it comes to the continental teams in Europe. We don't watch their fixtures every weekend. We don't follow their games. We just think, oh, they're just over there. We'll beat them. We have a, we follow a Premier League club, and that's not always the case. So I worry that that could have seeped home to the players. I'm sure Jurgen Klopp won't allow it, but you can't stop players from thinking themselves, and that could have seeped in. So I am a bit more worried than I was. I think Liverpool will win the game, though. I, I just feel better that freshness is going to have a part to play here and I think Real Madrid are coming in a fresher yeah. team that Liverpool have looked have looked a little bit leg weary in the last few weeks and I fear a little bit for them yeah well also what Liam said there about uh, you know Real Madrid have had a kind of a cakewalk in their own league yeah. and they've been, they haven't been under the same kind of pressure that Liverpool have been under yeah. so that might actually tell as well and, they, and you know they're, they're lucky to be in the final but th- there's a counter argument to that maybe their name is on it you know but I think we're in for a really really interesting interesting I hope game so, and I hope there's plenty of goals yeah. I think if Liverpool don't win it it will be because they don't turn up on the night or they don't do everything they should do I, I, Real Madrid are a classy team but they're not as good as Liverpool in terms of football well, at the moment. The, well, if I the, think Liverpool... Like, if the two City teams, lost it for themselves in if the, the two, final yeah, yeah, exactly. But so did Chelsea and Paris Saint-Germain yeah. in the earlier. If the two teams play to their ability, Liverpool win the game. But if Liverpool are not at it like they have been in the last... You know, in, the, in yeah. certain games in the last three or four weeks, Real Madrid will have the quality if the opportunity oh, yeah, to, presents to itself. Take it, yeah. <clears throat> Sunday afternoon, Notts Forest and, and Huddersfield, I fancy Forest to come up. Of course up. you do. <coughs> but I think Huddersfield are dark, they're dangerous, yeah, they're, they're dangerous, dangerous side, yeah, now. They are lean. I think Nottingham Forest, but I think their performance in the second leg last weekend in the playoff semi-final would worry me. I yeah. think, and they lost to Bournemouth as well. That was a big game in the Championship to see who would go up automatically. Yeah. So I think that they've kind of after a brilliant season they've kind of drifted towards the end and you don't want to be drifting ahead of yeah, a playoff yeah. final I thought Huddersfield played well the last the second leg they did yeah against know. Luton yeah um, you know I just you know it'd be great for, I think it'd be great for the Premier League to have oh, Forrest told, back yeah, up it'd sure. be great for the Premier League text in support of Burr Liam you never saw the pitches of the great that the great players had to play with in the 60s 70s and 80s yeah. uh, and the tackles that went in on them those <laughs> players would play in any generation including the current crop and pound for pound would be head and shoulders above the, this this current day set of players as well Maradona, Pele, Charlton, Matthews Best, Platini and Zico to name a few oh, current just... club of players wouldn't even be fit to lace their boots <laughs> I think that's a bit harsh that's 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 the, that's the Eddie hey. Kerr, that's, the, that's the Eddie Kerr against Henry Shefflin argument lads all over again look at quickly tomorrow night Roma beat Feyenoord Roma. Roma. Liam, Mourinho knows how to win finals Roma we'll beat Feyenoord we do it again as always the hour is caught up with us Liam Kelly O'Rourke thanks very much we'll thank see you, you next Tuesday night Bear yourself and myself we'll be here with Pat on Saturday Sport Um, thank you all for listening a number of texts we didn't get to and we appreciate the fact that you send them in Kevin Lefar is next good night and God bless